Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 329 of Selling the Couch. I can't believe we're already here, but this will actually be the last episode of 2022. I'll be taking November and December off. Actually, beyond November and December, you know, I've been podcasting for seven years. I cannot believe it's been seven years. And uh, I had this realization earlier this year that I've never taken an extended break, a sabbatical. And uh, I'm actually going to be doing that. So I'm actually going to be taking a five-month sabbatical from the STC podcast. So November, December, January, February, March, and then we'll be back in April with brand new episodes. Uh, you know, as STC has grown and with this podcast, obviously my goal is to share information and helpful resources to make your private practice journey and your journey from therapist to online business owner much easier. But my other main goal is to hopefully be a good model of what self-care looks like. I don't often, you know, all the time get it right. Uh, but, you know, I think being able to set these and and have these moments of rest, I think it's so important in just the the human journey and uh, also in the entrepreneurial journey. We live in this world where things are always go go go, and uh, I think like rest is so good for the mind, body, and soul. So during my sabbatical, I will honestly just be taking a, a lot of downtime time. I think to just kind of pause and reflect on this. These past seven years, I mean, I can't believe, first of all, it's been seven years. And I remember starting this podcast and, you know, the first, I I sat on the idea for five months. And when I finally released an episode, I think we had nine downloads that very first day. And uh, I would have been just honestly so happy if I, you know, if, if I knew seven years ago, if we got up to like 10,000 or something, uh, I would have been like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I can't believe like we have, you know, 10,000 folks here or there, right? Uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, what I didn't expect is we're about to hit 1.5 million downloads, which is insane. And uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, we, uh, I, I consider SDC my life's work and uh, I consider it such a privilege to be able to serve you. Uh, and uh, thank you for 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 taking the time to listen. 
So in terms of when we come back from the podcast, we're likely going to be on a new podcasting schedule, mainly because our little one is now in school and I want to kind of continue to build a business around my life versus fitting life around a career. And uh, what that looks like, and honestly, part of a big part of this is going to be experimenting and figuring it out. But what I'm kind of thinking is, in general, two months on, one month off, and then the summer break. So January, February, new podcast episodes take March off, April, May, new podcast episodes take June, July, August off, and then September, October, new episodes, and then November, December take off. So we're going to be going down, uh, at least the way I'm envisioning over next year, from eight months of live, live episodes to six months. But, uh, you know, we'll continue to do replays during the off months and uh, kind of going from there. So I was thinking a lot about, you know, what to do for this final episode. And I went back and forth on a bunch of different ones. And, you know, in this season, I find myself really passionate about online courses. I've been a course creator since 2015 with the Healthcasters course. I've probably made every mistake in the book. I could probably write the book on every mistake when it comes to course creation. I was so scared to launch an online course. Um, and the Healthcasters course is a podcasting course for therapists. And the reason I launched it was because, you know, several of our colleagues were just so gracious enough to reach out to do consults with me uh, to launch their podcast soon after I had launched my own. And I was, you know, had this thought of like, I wonder if I could share this knowledge in a different way without trading time for income. And, uh, you know, we had eight initial buyers and then we had, uh, we didn't have buyers for a while. And it's been a slow and steady growth for me. I haven't had the exponential growth or anything like that. Um, I suspect for most course creators that have successful courses, it's slow. It's not the stuff that we see on social media. But, you know, we've been fortunate to, we just passed our or 273rd student uh, in the course. In terms of revenue, we passed a $300,000 mark in 2021. And uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to be able, uh, one, to be able to serve so many people in that way. Uh, and second, like to, you know, like for most of us, right, like either when our families of origin or uh, because of what we've seen in internship and practicum and seeing our colleagues, right, our idea of work is basically trading time for income. And now some of us go into group practices and we sort of change that, right? You can have other now other clinicians working under you and you you know, get a portion of that income, which I think it's an awesome model. But I think there's also this other model, right? Like that whole model of trading time for income, it's, it's, has like been reading up on this stuff. And the original concept came during the industrial revolution when most folks were working in factories. And even as the internet has now become mainstream, and we see this even in the pandemic, right? So many of us can now see clients all over the state, you know, if you're part of your psychologist, part of psych pack, you can, you know, see clients in multiple states, all of these things, right? And the world is changing, how we consume information is changing. There is a mental health crisis, I would even say, right, in the midst of this pandemic, there are so many folks that need our services, 
and yet there are not enough of us, right? And so what do we do in that gap? And I think online courses can really fill uh, a gap because the reality is there will be folks that who need our help, but who will never step foot into a therapy room, right? And never see a therapist, but they're willing to consume and learn information in different ways. Now, I know that many of us have been thinking like, hey, I really want to launch an online course, uh, but I don't even know where to get started. And I think a lot of times many of us can feel like, okay, I just want to like record something and get it out there. And in today's episode, what I actually want you to do and what I want to encourage you with today is to be able to take a step back and analyze things a little bit. And so I titled this the seven questions to ask before launching your online course. And, you know, we have the uh, STC Elite, which is our mastermind for therapists, course creators. There are 23 of our colleagues as I record this that are in this mastermind. We meet weekly to talk about courses. We do hot seats and I do teaching and we have open office hours and we bring on mindset coaches uh, and we bring on an attorney and all of these different things. We have a podcasting coach because about uh, over half of us are also podcasters as well. And so we're thinking about how to use courses and line up our podcasts in all of these kind of different ways, right? And when I talk to our colleagues, um, I find myself saying like these three, these seven kind of questions before you even launch a course, like to figure out if the if the course idea is a viable one. And so what I want to do today is just like be of service to you and just give you that information so that when you're thinking about your course, you actually are creating a course that has income potential, um, significant income potential, and not something where you just record it and then no one ever sort of buys, right? So the very first question to ask when you're thinking about your online course idea is, have people paid me one-on-one -on -one for this course idea? Now, this could be either via therapy or consultation or uh, supervision, anything like that, right? But have people actually paid me one-on-one -on -one for my course idea? Now, this sounds like a really basic and simple thing, like Mel, like... Duh, like, why would I do that? But I can't tell you the amount of colleagues that I've I've come across and had conversations with that want to create courses that are either not in their niche or it's something that people have never paid them for. And the reason I say it um, is because a, a product that people have paid for is a different type of product than versus one that people have never paid for, right? You've actually validated it on sort of the best level, which is people actually paying for that that product. The second question um, I, I always uh, mentioned to our colleagues is, can I see myself being in this space for 10 years? So whatever your course idea is, right? Whatever that niche or that specialization Maybe it's like a presenting concern, right? Like like erectile dysfunction, right? One of our colleagues is uh, Heather England, who was a previous guest on this podcast, is creating, has a course on that, right? Can you see yourself in a presenting concern or working with a specific population for 10 plus years? You might be like, Mel, that is a long time, a decade. You want me to like be in that space? And I would say yes. And the reason is because 
You know, I, I was listening to a recent podcast uh, conversation with Sahil Bloom and Ali Abdal, and they're both very successful, like seven-figure online business owners. And um, they both said this idea. They said, you know, when they have had conversations with wildly successful entrepreneurs, the most successful ones think in long runways. And when they were saying like long run, it's what does that mean? That's like 10 plus years, right? And I can see as a course creator, the value and the wisdom of that. Because honestly, in the course creation journey, the first couple of years, you're trying to get your bearings. You're trying to get those students. You're trying to figure out a system. Uh, but it's really for me, it has been in like year five and beyond where I'm now starting to think like, okay, what is there beyond the podcasting course, right? This is actually the, where the online course mastermind came from because I noticed a lot of podcasters wanted to monetize their podcasts via courses, right? And I just thought, you know, how do we, what is that next sort of offering? And the thing is, if you don't sort of think in long runways, you never get to that point where you're thinking of offerings beyond just the online course. And this is actually something that I learned. Uh, I a little bit like just learn, like, you know, doing my own thing, but then also just studying other successful entrepreneurs, which is, you know, in the online course space, people make money from online courses, but usually the money is, real money is in the follow-up, right? So what is that, on, once they consume the online course, what is that next thing, right? And it could be anything from like a mastermind that I'm running, you know, like the mastermind I'm running, could be group coaching, it could be intensives, could be retreats, could be conferences, whatever it is. But you really have to have a long runway because it's just practically for most of us, it takes a while to build out each of these things. And so just thinking in those long runways, I think gives you a lot more enjoyment of the process and it gives you a lot more grace and compassion for yourself because otherwise you feel all of this pressure to like build out all of these things and it just I found generally when you have too much pressure like that, it usually doesn't lead to like successful courses on on sort of multiple levels. Now, the third uh, question I always ask uh, our colleagues to consider is, is this course idea a massive pain versus an annoying inconvenience? Is it a massive pain versus an annoying inconvenience? Now, you might be like, and we've all seen this, I think as as therapists, like have done any sort of like, studying into marketing, right? They say, I, you know, this question usually comes up, right? Like, think about your ideal avatar, you know, the person that you want to serve and think about what keeps them up at night, right? And that is, I think, another way to say this massive pain versus annoying inconvenience. So basically, it does the course solve a massive pain? Is this something they're like, oh my gosh, I need this? because my life, my relationships, my health is going to be significantly better. And if I don't do this, there's going to be sort of drastic implications to, to one of those realms of my life. The fourth question I ask my, or I encourage our colleagues to consider is, can this population afford the course you're selling, i.e., do they have purchasing power? And this idea of purchasing power, I want to give a, a credit to Alex Hormozy, 
um, for like mentioning this concept of purchasing power because this is where I ran across it. But basically, again, this seems like common sense, but you know, sometimes when we're in the throes of a course idea and we just wanted to get it out there, uh, we don't consider this question, which is basically, can the people that are going to purchase my course, can they actually afford it, right? Like, and part of this means maybe that you niche down into a population that has spending power, right? Like, let's say that, I don't know, you've got a course for partners of attorneys who struggle with you know, alcohol use, right? Now, what you may want to do is niche that into, you know, attorneys who've made partners at at big law firms, right? Because generally those folks will also have spending power. And so it's just things to think about. Like, right, once you tap in and find it uh, sort of a population to work with your with your course, likely there's gonna be, you're gonna probably have to go one or three one to three more layers deeper. Um, in order to really identify the subset of that population that has the spending power. This is actually a mistake that I made with my own course, which is initially when we started, you know, I I was pretty confident, like I, you know, this is a whole other episode, but you know, when I first started the Healthcasters course, I was like, I just want a course for health, wellness, and fitness podcasters. But the problem is that sounds niched on paper, but in practicality, it's not niched at all because, you know, how do you speak to like every health, wellness, and fitness expert out there when it comes to a sales page, right? So then I was like, you know what, like I'm going to niche it down to therapists because these are my people. I'm a psychologist, like, you know, I can understand sort of the dilemmas and the struggles and all of these things we have as, as mental health providers. But even that was not niched enough because what happened is you know, some of our colleagues like bought the podcasting course and in hindsight, they probably should not have bought it because they were too early on in the business journey to be launching a podcast. So practically, for example, you know, you might have a a therapist that was like less than a year into private practice, right? So they're like, okay, I'm gung-ho and want to build out a podcast. But as soon as they have like a dip in income, they're like, oh my gosh, I got to cut my expenses. Okay, podcasting is a thing that I got to I gotta get rid of and I got to figure out something else, right? Where I finally kind of niched down into was successful therapists in private practice that feel like they have a bigger message to share beyond the therapy room. And, I st- and we're still working on this, but I started setting some criteria for the Healthcasters course. Like you had to be five plus years into business to even consider this course. You had to be at or near six figures in revenue to be creating the course. And the main reason is because there's also a practical thing, right? Like something like podcasting requires costs, i.e. like a podcast editor is often the biggest cost because if you want to see some examples of yours truly editing a podcast, go (laughs) check out the first 13 episodes of this. They were atrocious because I have no background in editing. And I was like, I got to like delegate this out because I, that is not my zone of genius. And so, but there's cost to podcasting, right? And so in some ways, I think niching down and identifying the population that has spending power is actually an act of responsibility toward the population uh, that we're creating our online course for. The fifth question to answer is, is this a population that is easy to target and find online? So this again, uh, seems really basic, but what you want to do is go online, look if there are 
forums. So it could be like Reddit forums, Facebook groups, uh, LinkedIn groups. Are there mailing lists out there? Are there conferences where this population sort of gathers? Are there YouTube channels that are speaking to this population? And now you don't need like massive numbers, but I think you, but you really want to find like a large enough population when there seems to be like active conversations that are, uh, that are happening in this population. Uh, a second sort of, um, and so this easy to target thing, you might be like, Mel, okay, that seems to make sense. But what is like the long-term implications of this? So one of the things that I learned is, you know, obviously with a course, you know, just having it on your website typically is not going to get people to buy the course, right? So you typically need to offer them some sort of high value, uh, be of genuine service to them, and then invite them to join the course, right? So practically what this means is like, for example, you know, one of the things that uh, we teach in our mastermind is actually to set up uh, both the live and then as well as an evergreen webinar uh, that's related to your course idea and then provide high value teaching and then leading to an invitation to the online course. With those webinars, typically you need to run ads, right? Like for example, Facebook ads to that webinar sales page so that folks in that niche or that population can find the webinar and they can sign up, right? So if if they're not out there online and or they're really hard to find, it just becomes a lot harder to market that course, which then will limit the growth potential of that course. The sixth question uh, to consider is, is this a growing niche or a growing concern? So whatever your course idea is, does this does this popular or does this um, presenting concern seem to be kind of a growing concern? Now the best way to sort of check on this is to just Google the presenting concern that you're talking about and do comma like statistics or projections for 10, 15, 20 years out and see if like this is going to be a concern. So for example, like that erectile dysfunction, right? Like that's generally going to be a, a growing concern. Now generally, you know, if you're creating a course in the mental health space, generally those sort of concerns will be growing, but we always want to, you know, back, you know, like double check with data to make sure that it is actually a growing one. Another way to check if it's growing is if there's like significant revenue or income being being spent into that space. So this is something I did a quick search of when I launched the Healthcasters course, but in hindsight, I'm so glad I hit it. But this would have been really something like, man, uh, if I didn't, like, I think this would have been a big reason why the Healthcasters course would not have worked. You know, with podcasting, right, there are now companies spending billions of dollars every year to be in the space, whether it's podcast advertising hosting services, there are conference on podcasting, there are podcast editors, and all of these like entire teams being set up for podcasting. Uh, there are people that build out, you know, podcasting setups and studios and all of these things, right. And I see all of that. And I realize like, you know, generally, when there is money being spent in a space, that also means that there is that there is a population that has spending power in that space as well. The seventh and final question, um, what I, I 
would love for you to consider is, are there others out there who are also creating information products for this niche? Now, information products are things like online courses. Uh, it could be like, you know, paid, like maybe scripts or templates or something like that as well. Online books. So the reason I asked for that, uh, or I would recommend that is because, you know, generally like you want to find populations that are willing to consume information in a digital medium versus just sort of one-to-one -one service. Um, and, and that can give you sort of a, 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 a rough idea of like whether, it, you know, there's the viability of our online course. So those seven questions again are, have people paid me one-on-one -on -one for this course idea? Two is, can I see myself being in this space for 10 plus years? Three is, is this course idea massive pain versus an annoying inconvenience? Four is, can this population afford the course that you're selling, right? Do they, i.e., do they have purchasing power? Five is, is this population easy to target and find online? Six, is this a growing need or a growing population? Seven, and final one is, are there others that are creating info products for this niche? And so I, I think when you sort of take the totality of those, uh, I think that can give you a really good idea for your online course. Now, I mentioned the mastermind right at the beginning. And one of the things that we actually do during our mastermind is we actually have teaching workshops where the whole point is not me just lecturing. We definitely, I, I share lessons and tips and strategies and stuff. But the majority of the time, what we're actually doing is I'm presenting different exercises like this. We're going to breakout rooms. We're having discussions. You're getting feedback. You're doing some work so that by the end of each of these workshops, you're actually, for example, validating your course idea, right? And uh, the STC Elite uh, Mastermind that I mentioned earlier is a mastermind specifically for therapists that are creating online courses. Um, it's for therapists that are further along in the small business journey. So you have to be at least five years in and again, clearing the six-figure revenue mark again, because I feel like with courses, there are costs to it. And I feel like, you know, trying to ha encouraging you to sign up when you're really early in the small business journey, that would honestly be very irresponsible of me to do that. So um, it's a great community uh, and there are ample support from you know, uh, accountability buddies to teaching to we have an attorney on staff that specifically works with mental health practices so we can navigate that therapist online creator divide with ease. Uh, we also have a mindset coach on staff because, you know, I feel like mindset stuff comes up when we are in private practice, but it's a different ball game when you go into the online space and, you know, you're pricing your course and all of those different things and those future offerings. Um, we're going to be launching the mastermind in in the spring. So my plan is to do spring and fall launches. And if that's something that you're interested in, and you'd be like, Mel, I would love to just be with other therapists who get this, who are journeying and creating, growing and scaling our online courses, I encourage you to check out the mastermind over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. And I also, if you're like, Mel, I, this stuff sounds really interesting. I would love to like learn more and just learn from you. We've got a free webinar. I'm actually in the process of re-recording it. So if you could just give me a, a couple of weeks um, to get that up. But if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash online 
course workshop, sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. There's a free uh, hour, hour and 15 uh, minute webinar that's pre-recorded. You can sign up at a day and time that works for you. And I'll kind of guide you through some of the more strategies that I've learned when it comes to the online course journey. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great uh, new year, holiday season, and uh, start to your 2023. Uh, I look forward to just being on break, but more importantly, I look forward to rejoining you in the spring. We'll continue to do replay episodes of the STC podcast until then, but I will see you in 2023. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.